ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. Tim Shellman, how are you, sir? I'm doing awesome, Lenny. I'm so I'm so honored to be a part of this program that you put together, the ATV Talk. Um, it's such a it's such a cool honor to be amongst so many great people in this industry that you've already chatted with, and I'm grateful that you brought this back up because uh, ATV industry, as you know, is kind of t- taking a dip. <laughs> over the last few years, you know, people bugged off to side by sides or, you know, or they gone off to two wheels um, because of, you know, places closing down, stuff not being open. But uh, I'm grateful to still kind of be in the loop. It's kind of like, you know, being that high school quarterback is kind of back to me. <laughs> Brother, the, the stories never end. And I want to thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk. It's our pleasure. To have you and you know i've always thought the world of you and uh really enjoyed your time uh at works and our time when we briefly raced together and and you yes. moved on to the pro class and uh your lovely wife maria thank you thank you yeah it was uh funny picture of the two of us I, and dang it, I should have taken a, it's a, it would have been a picture of a picture by the two of us in turn one at Washougal when we got super mudded out you were on the that big freaking 700 Cowie and I was on the Banshee and we're all you know dressed in uh, rain gear and uh, <laughs> just trying to bomb through the first turn yeah I, and I have a picture up on my wall upstairs Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, um, so what's it like up there right now? As far as, I mean, I, that's a broad question. So um, up here, I mean, the weather's crappy. It's Seattle, so you get rain. Um, funny enough, I got a couple hours in between working, and I hopped on my practice quad. I went out and rode some today only because of I I thought you know what I might as well do this because I love it so much you know it's it's something that once you do it it's tough to get out of it It really is and uh, I have fortunately enough there's 6,000 acres of woods behind me that I've bombed through a ton of trails through and beat them all in I got to go out today it was you know raining and drizzling and I think 41 degrees i don't care <laughs> i don't care you know what i'll take that over sand any freaking day freaking hate sand. 
I freaking hate Sam Whoops. <laughs> Sam Whoops can kiss my ass. <laughs> you see, this is a this is a child friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> they can still kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm gonna put a warning label on that. <laughs> oh, you're t- meaning to tell me that you don't like places that have sand whoops? No, no, because that's not. I've never been there, so the history of how I started. Mesquite's not your favorite place. Oh hell no, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely, there's one section. I wish I could just like cut the name and just go back to the pits. I hated mosquitoes. I love the motorcycle. The motorcycle was a kick in the pants. I love jumping. I'll right. jump freaking. I'll jump freaking anything. You know, like a knucklehead. But I don't. I don't want to go through a bunch of sand whoops. Um, and everybody I raced against just excelled in sand whoops. So, and that's what really kind of put the dagger in my heart a little bit more. <laughs> I was struggle city. Pismo, Pismo was probably a fate worse than death. Is the yeah. same one that eleven mile course that we had that was completely looked out from end to end, and that's so, all. It was. It, it's so strange. I went and raced there before the works race was there. Uh huh. And it was like the Pismo Dune Fed. I can't remember what it was. And we had an hour-long moto there. Yeah. And no whoops. That was completely the opposite for our pro races that were there for two hours. Um, it was unbelievable. I mean, it's just, I went out and practiced, and I was like, this is going to be the coolest freaking thing I've ever done in my entire life. Got it blown up high big dudes and, and you know blowing the tops of the berms out and oh it was so awesome and then and then get up on the line we start we make our super huge hook turn off to the right and then all I can see was washboard as far as the eye can see. I'm like this is gonna be the most miserable two hours of my life. Uh, <laughs> and now you now, now, now you'd almost lose a testicle to go do it again, wouldn't you? I totally would. I absolutely would. I'd, I'd, I'd sell one. I don't even need them anymore. I'd sell two, for crap's sake. I don't even need them. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> so let's let's go back a little bit and um, talk about where TPQ started. Oh, crap. So it's funny. Um, <clears throat> I started way late in life compared to most people that I was on this, on the pro line. with. I started, um, I was about 22, 23 and I got an ATC 200 X. So we had our, we bought our first house at the age of 19. Maria and I, uh, we were married at 19 also. Um, anyway, so at the age of 23, I needed to do something. I you know, just being as restless as I was, I wanted to something and I saw somebody have a three-wheeler and I was like so the 200x is probably the coolest freaking three-wheeler anybody could have I obviously I didn't know anything so that's the one I went <laughs> so I started riding on that for a few years um and then you know life gets in the way Allie was born and didn't have I'm trying to have a job and own a business and so it just sat so I sold it move out to our new place and at the age of 29 i bought a banshee 
because I saw everybody that was cool that rode fast stuff had a bench. I'm like, well, I need to have a banshee. So anyway, so moving out to this new house had all this area behind it. And I went out and rode, and one of the guys I worked with said, hey, you should come out and race. I'm going to give you the dumbest story. You'll get a huge stick out of it. So honestly, this is what got me hooked, and it's the dumbest reason why it got me hooked. So I have this bone stock banshee. The only thing I did to it after market was probably it added, I'm sure, 12 to 18 horsepower was those little foam eyeball covers over the headlights you know <laughs> i had those just so you know and you're laughing because you freaking know right <laughs> so i had these i had these headlight covers and i'm like oh, badass. i'm you know what i'm gonna tear this place up so i go to the local track which is sir or pacific raceways it's one of the same uh go show up and it was Friday night motocross. And it was just a local, you know, motocross gig. And the track wasn't real aggressive. There wasn't anything super crazy there. And I signed up for the ATV class. They had an ATV class. So I'm like, hell, I'm in. ATV class, sweet. So I sign up. And uh, I went out and I rode practice to kind of figure out where everything was going. No idea what I was doing. I've never ridden on a motocross track before, and I'm on the best motocross bike ever. Never, no, it's not. It's a freaking terrible motocross bike. <laughs> don't stop, <laughs> so, I don't think I'm going to recover from this for a week. <laughs> so, this is where it starts. Like, literally, this is day one. And now, mind you, this is my 30th birthday. Like, literally, I turned 30. This day, I went out and started racing. So, they're going into this. So, now we go into the heat. So, we have, you know, heat and a main. That's it. And uh, I, so, I roll up to, I roll up to the gates. And I'm, I don't know, I'm probably having things really, you know, all the dirt bikes are doing and stuff. And I'm just, I've, I've peed like 14 times. I'm just nervous as hell. I don't know what the hell, you know, I don't know what I have in store for me. Um, so, you know, they got the board out. Who's next? Who's next? And I'm like, this is, God, what year is this? This is 2000, the year 2000. <laughs> so they got the board out and, you know, ATV class. Yes. So sweet. And I look around and, you know, the other class is finishing up and I'm going up to the gates and the gates are still down. And I've been watching the gates. Everybody lines up, you know, with all their dirt bikes and, and you know, clear, you know, the guy goes sideways with the sign, runs off, gates drop, everybody takes off. So I've been, I've been watching. I'm like, I got this crap figured out. I'm going to be the first dude in the first turn. I got it. I'm going to pull a whole shot. I roll up, all the gates are still down, and the guy looks at me and goes, all right, go ahead. It's like, well, well what do you mean? He goes, you're it. You're the ATV class. You're the only guy. I'm like, shit, I got this then. I take off. I'm just a freaking idiot out there, right? And they get, I think I have like three laps. Well, by lap two, I have arm pump so bad, I can't hold on. I mean, I am just a blithering idiot out there. I'm flopping all around this thing. And <clears throat> there's a right hand. 90 degree turn in front of the grandstands that are packed, of course, obviously with dirt bike people. And my wife 
and daughter that are sitting in the stands that, you know, everybody's sitting in the stands heckling the corner so right. so I take the right hand turn before the big tabletop finish line so the grandstands and I stall it because I can't I can't pull in the clutch I got nothing my hands are my hands are absolute stones I stall it and it's so quiet I can hear everybody go, oh you would have talked about and everybody's like God, glad that's over you know that was heat one <laughs> well, thankfully i didn't stall it uh in the main i came out with the win which was awesome <laughs> you still got that trophy still got that freaking trophy i still got it i still got it <laughs> <laughs> you bet your ass. I have a heart attack. <laughs> I'm gonna have that for another 50 years. I guarantee you. And somebody, when some little grandkid comes in, I'm like, that was the championship of the United States of America. <laughs> oh, there, was, wow. there was 65 of us on the line. <laughs> no picture. I don't have no pictures of it. Yeah, some of them had bayonets and some had M16s. <laughs> oh, God. It'll be such a tall tale. So anyway, so literally that was day one, my 30th birthday. And that was, I don't know, it got me hooked. It's just because of the controlled atmosphere of it. Um, everybody going the same direction, which is really neat, you know, instead of coming up on somebody, you know, in a trail or something like that. Um and then it was kind of the crowd feedback. Obviously, the crowd feedback was on the negative side. <laughs> Still found some humor in it. <laughs> and oh. then uh, went out the whole season. I think there was, uh, <clears throat> I think there was ten or eleven races that I went to, and they grew more and more by the end of it. I think there was probably uh, like twelve or fourteen uh, ATVs that was showed up for. For the class, and thankfully I won the championship. And that, if I had got second in the championship, I'd have been kicking rocks and sold that crap the next day. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So, um, then there started this little indoor series. So it was uh, it's called Oakwood Arena. Oakwood Arena was run by this wonderful woman by Carol Kell. Um, she had this, it was called a scramble series, and it was kind of like a rain cross, and it was super tight. It was in this uh, Quonset hut that had um insulation stalactites hanging from the ceiling because the insulation was all ripped up and hanging down from birds getting into it. And uh, anyway, it was super, super tight. It had four basically four. And you, it was a stress to get two people side by side <laughs> and race the crap out of that. And that was a ton of fun. We had, I, God, there had to be, I think we'd line up six at the most ATVs at a run and there'd be ATVs and bikes. And I would, I could swear there had to be 50 some heats, 50, you know, 52, 57 heats. That would run. That's crazy. 
It was, yeah. And it turned over tons of cracks on the kids. Um, so anyway, I got to be known from a guy that was there, Scott Donahoe. And he, he probably one of the most sarcastic cats you've ever met in your entire life. <laughs> Quick-witted. And I turned one on him because um, he would always say when he, when I would go and meet somebody, go, hi, I'm Tim. I raised pro quad. Regardless of where I was, whatever I was doing, I could be in a phone booth somewhere. Or get a seven That's how I would introduce myself. He's like, and it would just drive me nuts <laughs> that I would do that. So literally in his phone, his flip phone, give me kind of the date on it. In his flip phone, he put me in as Timmy Proquad or TPQ. That's where it came from. All right. That's where it came from. Right. I'm like, Scotty, that's freaking awesome. He's like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, is you're such an egotistical son of a <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to run with it. So there was a guy um, that did our graphics, um, Steve Wagner with uh, Chaos Graphics. It was SCR back then. Anyway, I contacted him. I was like, hey, so my buddy came up with this TPQ. Can you make a sticker for me? You know, and I didn't. As far as self-promotion goes, I was... I think I was at the forefront of it, I would guess. And I said, hey, make me a sticker. I go, you know, I kind of gave him some ideas, but I didn't want to step in his way because he's way more creative than I am. Um, I just said, you know, hey, you know, Timmy from South Park and wheelchair and TPQ. Can you do that? And he's kind of making fun of himself, right? <laughs> that's, easy to, that's easy to do. I mean, you can make fun of me all day long because I got thousands of points to make fun of and he, he came up with it and lo and behold he had timmy that he put in a wheelchair and then did the tpq and lo and behold there's that's where the sticker came from and i wouldn't put him on anybody's stuff except for mike Cafro. that son of a bitch needed it um <laughs> so i would just hand him off and people would put him everywhere you know my son has some TPQ decals uh, in Idaho where he lives now. <laughs> See, and, that, and that's awesome. I mean, it's cool. And people, people ask me, you know, like, well, you know, what is it? Well, what does it stand for? And I immediately go to my WWF sounds and go, it's a way of life, brother. <laughs> people don't even know what the hell to say after that <laughs> so I, give a, I give them a little you know, and then I, tell them, you know I give them a little backstory on it but it's it's funny just because of you meet so many great people in this industry and if you can impact one or two you know, being from the pro status, impact one or two to make themselves better, you won. I mean, you won. Well, it, it, that's that's what our family's all about is reaching out to one another and making this something that 
I don't think any other sport I've played football, I've wrestled, I've, you know, dabbled in the motorcycles, dabbled in some off-road car stuff. And I don't believe there's a better group or a better family environment than racing quads. And I've had some amazing friends that live all over the country, really all over the world. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of ATV racing. I agree. I'm not, as, I'm not as flamboyant as you are, <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I, I try to be accessible and talk to people and, and, huh. and, and enjoy it because um, our, our light shines so bright for such a short time. Oh, it, oh, that's a great statement. That is a wonderful statement. Yeah. And you got to make sure you better do with it. That's going to make a positive impact. Right. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's what ATV talk is. This isn't about me, you know, and I, and I say that all the time and, and I have a, a media group that, um, runs basically runs me. Um, right. and you know what that's all about. Cause you do some stuff with uh, <laughs> announcing and there's people that are telling you what you got to do and what you can't do. Right. Yep. Well, these three ladies, uh, two of them are my daughters. One of them is uh, works for my daughter in Guadalajara. Uh, people have heard this story, but um, these three ladies pretty much are directing everything that I do. And um, so I, I may look like I'm driving the car. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting in the back seat. <laughs> you there yet? I got to pee. We there yet? <laughs> you know, it's... It, it, I just, I love it because I love the stories and I love to reach out and talk to my friends and I like to talk anyways, just like you do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love talking to people because people are, but I mean, you run into some folks that are, you know, people are kind of like, they're kind of shut off, you know, they, they, you know, stand back, you know, they got a little wall up in front of them and I've, I have like zero walls and I don't have any comfort zone. You, you know, no I, boundaries like, either. No, no boundaries. Absolutely, I'll talk about anything. I'm. My mom said, and she always said, um, "Well, I hated going to school. Absolutely hated school. You know, and I got my way through it only because of. I don't even know how the hell I got through it, but I got through it. And she goes, "The only reason why you go to school is because that's where your best audience is." mom that's that's 100 truth yep uh that's so awesome so so yeah so you you rolled into atv racing that way um we came across each other uh was it 2004 or 2003 i believe it was four it was Washougal or Pismo, Washougal. It was during the works. It was during the work series. Obviously, you would have a better idea because I've hit my head way more games than you have. I don't know about that. (laughs) It could have been milk. Well, crap. I honestly, I don't remember. That wasn't the first time. That wasn't the first time we we met up. But that was one of the most memorable because I was riding that tank Kawasaki. Yep, the you were riding the banshee there, mm-hmm. and you were freaking all over it. Um, yeah, you killed it that day. I was a hundred at that time, right around one hundred and thirty-eight pounds. 
so fast until you either pulled over or broke or crashed my brains out well that i didn't want to go there (laughs) (laughs) it was all of it it was it was checkers and records all day long yeah that's all i did that's all i knew and that's (laughs) and the student banshee was a light switch so that's all you knew i did you couldn't write it any other way you there was no bottom end there was 8,000 RPM to 14,000 RPM. That's all there was. And if you better freaking hold that thing's pointed straight when you hit it, you couldn't jump it, you couldn't turn it, and it wouldn't stop. But it would go freaking fast. <laughs> well, you never felt the bumps. No, I felt every single one of them. I had the word shocks on it. I felt every freaking bump. Every one of them. Oh, so it didn't glide like a rocket? Oh, God, no, no. God, I put an extra, so I took the steel pegs and welded a extra set of steel pegs and sharpened them so I, I could somehow stay on. Like, literally, that was, I, the seat, I never touched the seat. This, I mean, I, I never wore a seat out. It was always, it was always foot pegs and grips. <laughs> yeah, my little light ass was just i that's all i had and I, I would whole shot the crap out of everybody but then after that it was i i was rolling dice <laughs> turn, turn two i'm throwing dice out <laughs> when did you get a honda so it was funny so i after i went through the banshee years i have to tell you this too so this was really cool so Obviously, wife and I are super close and um, been married a long time. So this, in just a couple days, it'll be 31 years. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So one anniversary, (laughs) she goes and buys me a Paul Turner Duncan Racing Big Boar Banshee Motor and Pipes for for my race bike. How's that for an anniversary? Yeah. I don't know if she was like, I love you, or you know what? This may possibly kill you. This might be it. <laughs> <laughs> Your life insurance was paid up at that point, right? Holy crap, man. You want to talk about strapped to a rocket. That stupid thing. I used to do third gear starts off the off the freaking start line. 
off a concrete pad, I'd do a third gear start and it would, it would spin, come off dirt, it would bog. And then it would hit the power band and I'd have to be up over the bars and that thing would carry me. I typically, I was the first dude over the first turn, not <laughs> through the first turn over the first turn. Cause I couldn't get the damn thing stopped. Anyway, so back to, <laughs> so back to that. I went through the Banshee and a bunch of people were like, what the hell are you racing that thing for? So the YFZ came out, the Yamaha YFC. So I was the 450. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And I'm dumb. So, you know, I'm brand specific for no apparent reason because this thing's been terrible, you know? So why not stick with something like that? So I got a brand new 2005 uh, YFZ 450. Um, which I actually got out of a crate. Like I got the crate at home and put it together and it was bone stock. I didn't have any money to do anything to it, but I got this brand new YMC 450. So after racing it for a bit, then I finally got, I was able to do some inexpensive, sorry, uh, inexpensive uh, A-arms and then an axle um and then i i did a pipe on it and, and then i just started you know that's where i progressed through the yfc so i don't know if you remember back in 06 uh we had washougal race for works and it just monsooned absolutely monsooned so it's um i came up to see you at your duncan tent and you had Doug there and you put um, you put studs in his tires because the trails were like ice. I mean, they were polished clay. I mean, there was basically you were a fried egg in a Teflon in a Teflon pan. It was just freaking ridiculously slick out there. And you put the studs in his tires. I'm like, ah, damn it. That's smart. Because we're just going to be slipping all over the place. Anyway, monsoon, and then that was my very first podium, pro podium ever. And it was Doug took first, Josh Frederick took second, and I took third. And it was just a muddy mess. And the mud is where I always excelled. Mud and trees. Obviously, nothing, absolutely nothing like sand whoops. Nothing. (laughs) One has absolutely nothing to do with the other. (laughs) <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, so shortly thereafter, um, I see all these other guys riding these 2005, 2000, you know, 2005 Hondas. And of course, Doug was on one under your tent. And I was like, well, maybe there's something about this because I see a lot of people picking up Hondas and racing them for this. And the Yamaha was a great bike. It was just, it took a lot of effort to ride it. It wasn't, I mean, to me being 140 pounds, it took everything I had and it wore me out. So the Honda was a lot more relaxing to ride as far as I could breathe a little bit easier. And the feedback through the chassis wasn't as much. Um, and then I got some cool sponsorships after that and it helped pick up. I mean, obviously you, I got to race under your tent. Um, which was a huge highlight. I mean, that was like, that was the goal. Being 
30 racing a banshee and opening up dirt wheels. And I see Duncan racing all over the place. Duncan racing, Duncan. I'm like, well, that's the, those are the guys. Obviously, that's the guys. And who's this Doug Eichert cat? He looks like he's like four foot six. <laughs> I'm sure I can beat this goddamn guy. <laughs> but isn't, isn't he a half an inch taller than you? Uh, no, I'm actually a half inch taller than he is. <laughs> Should we get him? Do we need to get you and him arguing this out? Oh, yeah. No, oh, God. We stand there nose to nose. I'm just a little bit taller than he is. And I'm like, you've only got like 97 more championships than me. Piss off. <laughs> Fucking guy. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I love Doug. Absolutely love Doug. And we would have the greatest conversations. Um, respect that guy like tons. Anyway, um we'll do more stories. I got I got a crowd that'll just I hope you've done your kegels because you're you're gonna be sore come tomorrow. <laughs> I just had an ab I just had an hour ab workout before I came and did this and yeah, doubling it up. Yeah, I was gonna say bad move. Anyway, so uh Fast forward a little bit. I'm on on your guys' team, and we're at Pismo. I keep going back to Pismo. Um, Pismo, like the most miserable place ever to race. Um, and for me, anyway, because of all the sandwiches. I mean, it's a cool place, looking, and then, but then it just gets whooped out everywhere. They had a uh, – one of the classes was a team race, and Doug didn't get a chance to go see the course. Like, hey, Timmy, you said to me, hey, Timmy, um, we'll, uh, we'll team you up with Doug and you guys do the pro class. I was like, well, wait a minute. I get to ride with Doug. I was like, it's freaking awesome. Are you serious? I get to ride with Doug. Like, team, like, he rides a lap and pulls over and I go to take off. Like that guy. I mean, I'm starstruck. I don't know if you know any of this. This is funny. Um, so anyway, uh, we're chatting, and I go, well, we can ride mine, you know? I don't know if it'll make it, but we can ride mine. <laughs> it's like, no, you know, because of sponsorships and so forth, Doug's bike's all laid out. We'll ride Doug's. I was like, I get to ride, like, Doug's bike. For, <laughs> for, are you crapping me right now? This doesn't make sense. I should not be able to be doing this. You're like, pinch me, right? So we walk up to the start line and uh, Doug goes, do you want me to start or do you want to start? I'm like, oh, no, you're starting. You're going to get like half an hour in front of everybody. And then I'm going to get on the next lap and screw it all up and you're going to have to get back up. He's like, all right, deal. Worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He pulls up to the start line and he revs it. Rum, rum, with a twist throttle. My heart sank. I can't ride a twist throttle to save my life. My dirt bikes have thumb throttles on them. Really? Now we're into whoops everywhere with a bike that's got 70 plus horsepower and I got a twist throttle. <laughs> I'm going to end up in the ocean. I know it. <laughs> I'm blazing through so many spots like I'm just holding on. And of course, you whiskey bottle. Burr, 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 And it's going across all these lips. I'm like, I'm not going to make the turn. I'm not going to make the turn. I'm not going to make That's what I'm saying to myself the whole time. 
and I had to let go, like Rodian style, raise my right hand up in the air and then re-grab because I'm gonna die. Yeah. Like literally, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run fourth gear up until I get freaking LA. <laughs> I, I know I'm not gonna freaking stop. Uh. So every lap coming around, I can't remember how many laps it was. Every lap coming around, there was this huge bowl. And there was a bunch of lines through it. <clears throat> and on the right-hand side, there was a bunch of uh, the snow fencing. You know, there was the the orange snow fencing around the whole course. And there was a crap ton of pickups all backed up to the hillside. And a bunch of people out there, you know, yelling and screaming and so forth. And, of course, I'm on Doug's bike. And I'm damn near the same size. Everybody thinks it's Doug, right? I... Come through last lap, and Doug gave us a huge. We had a huge lead on everybody, and it was only because of Doug, not because of me. And I pull into this bowl, and there's this kid. This guy is he's had his arms up the whole time, screaming and yelling. So I changed lines. I went all the way up to the side, right where he was, and I stopped and I put my hand out and gave him a high five and he's looking at me like whoa what are you doing i'm like give me a high five you got a ton of time Ooh, he gave me a high five and i took off and i got back got back and that was the last lap and i already knew we doug had cinched it up for us so i got back and we go hey doug just so you know he gave a kid a high five back there and he just changed his life <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you just ruined it for the kid <laughs> I just did, you know. Yeah, God, he's he's probably thirty five now. He's going to be going to counseling after this. <laughs> uh, that's what it's all about, brother. That's what it's all about. I, I always always such the the big thing for me because it's it's the future of the sport, and they're um they're so impressionable. They're looking up to you, whether you realize or not. They're watching every step you make. They're watching every word you say, you know, how you approach people. They're watching everything. They're watching everything. So I tried to make it the best of my ability to be the absolute most outgoing, positive person there. And you were. You were. You definitely were. You were a crowd favorite. Thank you. It wasn't a photographer I never disliked, just so you know. <laughs> and they love taking pictures of you because you always gave them something. I had to give them something, man. They're out there working terrible, right? Hey, you, you got to tell me this one. We're in Havasu. Okay. <clears throat> Parade lap. <clears throat> water jump. Yep. What happened? No. Oh. Havasu had my number every time I went. And it's, and of course, you know, sandworms. And it's a three and a half mile freaking fishbowl of sandworms. You did, I mean, you would turn, you would turn so tight, you'd see your own rear number plate, like everywhere. That's how freaking tight that course is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but that's how tight it is. So we go out, and I love the lagoon jump because it would separate, you know, separate the men from the boys, kind of thing. If you didn't point and shoot commit, it, it was bad. It was a bad deal. It was a bad deal. So parade lap, turn, clutch second gear at the top, get the power down, lean back into it, spin. Just never got traction all the way out. It was all freshly groomed. 
spun all the way off, came up short and blow out my left ACL oh. on the parade lap. So I'm like, huh. I heard it pop because I already already did my writing um, a couple of years back. So I, I already knew what it was, you know, the, the big pop. And then it's kind of flopping around down there. I'm like, dag nab it. I mean, it's a parade lap. You don't get any points for parade lap. What the hell? Right? So I go back up top, I line up, and I look at Maria. You know, Maria comes comes over to me, you know, it's like everything good. I'm like, no, 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 no. She's like, what do you mean? You look fine. She's like, no, I blew my left knee out. She's like, dumbass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you knew this going in like 25 years ago. All right. <laughs> I was <a> dumbass. <laughs> I should have that on my the back of my jersey. It's just dumbass. <laughs> like, fine. I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. I'm just, you know what? I'm here. We got all our crap here. I'm going to race. And you know what? We're about, you know, five minutes out before the gate drops. I'm, I'm going. Dead engine start. Uh, I'm on a kicker and uh, Homer turned, you know, drops the flag. <laughs> I fire my bike up. I take the whole shot right out in front of Josh Frederick is right behind me, Jay Fred. <laughs> so <laughs> we go into turn one. I hook it and then jump. There's a huge double coming out of turn one and then turn left. And there's a huge like step over triple that they had. And you know it's like a fourth gear hit, and hit that big fourth gear hit, and everybody was standing out on the start line, and video and pictures and so forth. And I, of course, I got up over that big triple and turned back around and looked at Jay Fred, gave him a big look back right over that thing. Oh. It's only going to be seconds before you get around me, but that never. I need this piece for my life and my history. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it only took a few corners, and then he got by me. He was just—he was a phenomenal, phenomenal rider, just a just a beast of human. But oh, I had that little glimpse, the little tiny glimpse, and I wrote it out. I wrote the rest of the two hours. I don't, I don't even know where I finished. Didn't care, but I finished. And then went to the hospital. That was another round. So that was the took my finger off down on the beach. Oh, <laughs> that was first lap. Oh. Got another, got another great start. I was out in second, and I was, for some reason, I was able to get out of the hole pretty good on the kickers. Recluse clutch probably had everything to do with it. Um, I hold the throttle at about a quarter, sitting there, and have the recluse clutch little trigger pulled in because I did a lot of crap because I had the rear handbrake. I didn't have a foot brake. So I had the rear handbrake and front brake. I had no foot brake. So there's a little trigger. It looks like I'm sure you've seen it. It looks like a, it looks like a, a hot start trigger. Had it in and half the back quarter throttle, kick it and it fires immediately. And then you just wide open and kick the kick the clutch out and off he went. Sometimes it works. Sometimes I kick 15 times. <laughs> Stupid Hondas. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> get into lap one through the moto and then drop down the hillside get onto the beach and I picked up a stick that went in between the engine case and the shift lever 
and wedged me into second gear. And I couldn't upshift going down the beach. And obviously, you're like fourth gear by the time you hit the big ski jump on the beach. And I look at, I look down, and there it is. Of course, I don't run a sprocket guard. Nobody runs a sprocket guard. So I reached down to grab the stick to pull it out. And I hit a whoop, and the stick pushed my hand into the countershaft sprocket and, oh. and took my middle finger off. Oh. So when it, when it went around one rotation, I already knew what happened because I was like, that was stupid. We always think it's stupid. I always think it's stupid after the fact. I shouldn't, I should think it's stupid prior to. <laughs> right? It's a disconnect. Anyway, so it goes around the sprocket and takes the end of my middle finger off. And it's still wadded up in the glove, kind of half hanging on there. And I take my left hand and I put it in my right armpit. Because now I got guys just roosting the crap out of me. You know, I got sand blown into my face and so forth. So I got to keep all the dirt out of it. At least I had that much foresight. Tucked it up in my armpit and ran around the rest of the course. I went to the medic. I didn't jump course or anything. I went all the way through, went through the transponder, went over to the medic. Guy's like, what's up? And I hold my hand up and he's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's cool, man. Just, hey, do me a favor. Take and cut the glove off. Put the glove and the finger in a bag of ice for me. And I need a rubber glove. I need a rubber glove or give me two rubber gloves and electrical tape. He's like, okay. So I take electrical tape and I tape the crap out of it in between the fingers and whatever around my wrist. And by this time, Maria's coming up. She's like, what's going on? I go, hold on to that bag that he's going to give you. She's like, okay. So by this time, it's about an hour and a half left. And I go, uh, finish, I finish the race. And by this time, the whole right rubber glove is completely full of blood. You know, I mean, you got your heart racing. There's no pressure on it. You know, it's just like. <clears throat> um, I pull back up to the finish line. There's actually there's a couple pictures online um, that had me sitting at the finish line with my hand up and the rubber glove on, and you know, blood all coming out of the glove all down on my arm, and. Uh, you know, the guy, a couple guys were doing interviews from, you know, Dirt Wheels and other guys. I was like, well, you know, I'll just tell them about what happened. So Joe Colombero, one of the coolest cats you ever met that was part of the uh, part of the news crew that would come down and do bits. And he was part of Dirt Bike Magazine and so forth. Joe Colombero is an ex-Navy SEAL. And the guy's in phenomenal shape. I mean, just built like a, a stack of bricks and i've known joe we've known joe for quite a while and because he does photography obviously i know him you know shooting on the race course first guys <laughs> i get to meet um so so i'm like i'm sitting there and, and Rhea's like she fires up the, the rental car to take me off to the hospital and Joe leans down right into my ear. He goes, if you don't get in this car, I'm going to knock you out and get you in the car. Okay, looks like we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love that, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, just a, a great dude. Yeah. So, he, <clears throat> of course, go off to the go off to the hospital and, you know, you're in a big house. So there's 
you know, there's nothing but blue hairs there. See, there's, you know, somebody's got a cough or, you know, tripped on something or whatever. And I'm sitting and Rhea's like, hey, do you got a towel or something? My husband's making a mess out of this place. They're like, holy crap. Okay, come on back. So gets back and the doc looks at me and she's, she's got, uh, you know, she takes kind of like my bandages off and she takes the end off. She's like, there's no way I can stress the skin back over to make this meat. And Maria holds up the bag. She goes, no, I got the rest of it right here in the bag. She's like, nobody ever brings the rest of it. This is great. So sure enough, I met Delotted that day. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Just so you know. I came here without taking any aspirin, not having a beer, nothing. And, you know, it, it hurts, but it's not, you know, I'm not dying over here. So just so you know, you need to give me a proper amount of medication to cover the pain because I know you're going to do some dumb crap on the end of my finger. And that's, guess where all the nerves are? End of my freaking finger, right? <laughs> when you touch something to feel what it is, you touch it with the end of your finger. Oh. Exactly. So, well, she's got it off, and and she goes, "Well, here." She gives me a shot. I'm like, well, "That's not really bomb." It was like somebody just hit the freaking pause button. <laughs> 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 so I'm sitting there, and Maria's got, uh, you know, Maria's sitting there. She's like, "Oh, I want to watch and look and stuff." She goes, "Oh my god, is that the bone?" She goes, "Yeah, that's the bone sticking out." She goes, and she Maria grabs a pair of the like tweezers and she goes right on the end of it like is that like to make the tweezers go bing in the end of the ball on my finger you know what i don't care how much a lot of you have on board that shit is you woke and, up huh oh i totally woke me up <laughs> <laughs> so anyway the doc wound up sewing the finger back on and it grew back I mean, she did a huge props to that doc. But anyway, I got a million of these. I mean, absolutely a million of these. So does Maria have a side stash of Dilaudid now? So that we get a line to give you a shot? And... I've used it all. That's <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta ask. Huh. You guys have been married 31 years. Yes. How how did you ever salvage it? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of funny. We, when we were first, when we were married at 19, and we'll tell you, and she'll admit it, and I will tell you, and I can be honest about it. She was crazy as hell. Crazy. I mean, what woman isn't crazy, right? But I mean, she was like 9, 10 crazy. But she was, damn, she's good to look at. Okay. Okay. So you gotta, you know, the Adam Flow, you know, take your lumps. You know, anyway. She uh <clears throat> I was just I was always hard working guy. That's all I knew. Just work hard. My parents all work hard. If you want anything, you gotta work hard for it. So that's all I knew. So I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. Well, um, she toughed it out for a long time to see that I'm not, you know, being, you know, gallivanting around or being some dumbass. I'm just working. I got my head down. I'm working. I'm working 18 hours a day, you know, just trying to provide a household because we just got a brand new house. 
it was, you know, we were 19, it was $85,000 and the interest rate was 12 and a half percent. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Business and yeah. Ouch is right. Yeah. That was, so we were house broke like crazy. So all I knew how to do was work. Anyway, she finally realized and we worked, we started to work together as a team. Like right now you couldn't find a stronger team. I know my weaknesses, which are, it's basically a Santa's list. You know, it rolls out and runs across the floor kind of list as far as, <laughs> as far as my, well, um, and I lean on her and I don't question what she does. If I question, it's only because of, I want to know why. And you, so I could learn possibly. And that's the only reason why I questioned, because she does what she does extremely well. I do what I do. Well, we'll give it a half ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware of that. You know, I'll put my heart into it, but sometimes it doesn't turn out quite right. But it's going to be done really, really big. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's how we got. That's how. We got through it. It's literally, she's the coolest chick I've ever met. And I will stand behind her doing anything at any day. And she will do the same for me. When you, when you get somebody that has the same drive, you're really, really going to butt heads. Until you finally realize that, you know what? It's If you let them do that, you, know, you let them have that drive, <laughs> And stand behind them and, and push them and cheer them on, they'll do the same for you. And I mean, Maria's let me do some really stupid crap over <laughs> our lifetime. I mean, just she would look at her and like, why the hell would you even sign off on that? Um, the, you know, but she does. And I love her for it. You know, I, I still, before Hi, this is Stephanie from JSR Moto Designs. JSR Moto Designs specializes in replacement Nerf bar nets for all makes and models that can be fully customizable to your needs. Our custom apparel can be specifically designed for your race team. We can help make what you wear personal on and off the track, including embroidered or printed hoodies, jackets, t-shirts, hats, jersey lettering, butt patches, and more. Check us out at jsrmotodesigns.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Do you, do you still have the adventurous streak? I know you were not riding today, but are you thinking of riding or doing anything else that she needs to uh, handcuff you to the chair to say no or anything like that? Well, I've always, I've always been that way. You know, I've always wanted to try something new, but the cool thing is she'll do it with me. She knows her limitations as far as when it comes to physical skills she's like i'm a terrible driver which she is she'll tell you she's like i'm the typical woman driver which is i'm like that's great you know as long as you admit it you don't fight it you know the truth will set you free um we've jumped out of airplanes together um we've gone bungee jumping together we've done you know jet boats and you know and those are all fairly you know controlled environments 
Um, as far as the checklist of dumb stuff to do, I still there was a there's a line that came from Kirk Caselli, who I got to interview multiple times through works. Um, one of the lines that he used to say that really hits me to heart is go scare yourself every day. Scare yourself. Not like, like, Ooh, you know, like, Oh, that could have been something. No, like, you know, that tingle. <laughs> like, Oh shit. That could have been it. You know, like, Oh, that was almost it. You know, you get that, the tingle and the shiver. I try to do that. And that, that's, you know, that keeps the alive button at a hundred percent. You're alive. You're doing something like, Ooh, I hate that that feeling. Really? And I live for it. I'm like, (laughs) you know, whether, you know what I, I ride, I test ride a lot of bikes and I would have to say about every fourth test ride, there's an unalive moment right there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it slid just a little too close to the, to the shed or, or, you know, I didn't get it slowed down before the street and, Right. Uh, you you know, you've ridden enough to know. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just riding, it's like everything stuff. Um being in you know, having our construction business for so long, you got a thirty foot ladder stood up there and you're reaching out a little bit further than you should and the ladder shifts like two feet across the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're all the way at the top of the ladder and, and the way you can see there's a skid mark that goes two feet, you know, from from point A to point B and it goes and and you're you know you're 30 feet off the ground you're probably not gonna do real good when you hit the ground from there. <laughs> Regardless of how much cat you think you have in you, you're probably not gonna land on your feet really well. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So it, it is that stuff, you know, it's I don't know. I, I look for adventure and that's I love to feel alive. Most of all, I love people. I love people and interacting with people. You know, the funny stories I have are all, they all have something to do with somebody else. You know, they're because I get the bulk of the story is with other people. You know, I'm not there by myself or doing something. I do this great thing. I've never done a great thing. I've done stuff, but I've had great people around me. I, I disagree with you. I disagree with you. Really? I, I, I think that I think that what you bring to an event when you are the guy behind the mic is a great thing because you, you are entertaining. You make it bigger than it is. Um, you make it not about you, but about the individual. And you know how to talk to that individual to make their day. And that's something huge. I appreciate that. So, don't, so don't, don't sell yourself short because there are people out there. I've been doing this a long time and I've seen a lot of different things and I've seen a lot of different people behind the mic and genuine people, people that are genuine are hard to find. And you generally care or genuinely care about those individuals. You may have only met that kid or that guy or that lady for that moment in time, but you, you're a hundred percent theirs for that moment. I agree with that 100%. So this is my mentality over it. Um, I do have a huge ego. 
that's a big surprise, right? But <laughs> with that being said, um, when you're you're giving a you are given a huge responsibility to entertain people when you're when you're the announcer. So you have everybody you're in everybody's ears that are there at either, you know, the event or live stream, or it could be anywhere from 500 people to the mint 400, which is, which are hundreds of thousands of people. <clears throat> you need to not make it about yourself. You are the representative of the person that you're standing in front of. So I am the spokesperson for whomever is there in front of me. If they struggle some with something, I can help them get through it. Or I try to, <clears throat> I'll put it to you this way. So let's say women racers I love. I always say girl power. You know, it's the coolest thing because it's it's, it's typically a man's sport. But when women come in and kick ass, I think it's freaking awesome. And I'm going to play that up huge, right? Women will come up and they'll have like, uh, you know, pink on their car or something like that. And or, you know, on the quad or their helmet or something, you know, it's like, I know damn well that that pink made you go five times faster than that dude over there. Right. And she's like, hell yeah. And that's, <laughs> you know, and, and bring that to him. It's like, you just stuff that dude in that corner, didn't you? And I saw that, you know, and that, and you're trying to pick up that. You know, I, I'm a huge, I love racing. So watching these people race too. So I'm the spokesperson. I'm the I'm basically the voice and the promoter of the person I'm standing with. It's not about me. Nobody gives a shit about me. I'm, I'm, I'm just a voice box, right? If I'm talking about me all the time, about how cool I am, people just shut off. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They want to hear about other people. So that's my job. So make other people, you know, they're on the stage. They're on the stage for a freaking reason. Yep. I, I flew in from Seattle to be on the stage. That's it. That's all I did. Right. <laughs> I didn't win a class or something to be up there. I literally got off the plane and now I'm standing on the waiting car. <laughs> so I, that's my job. I need to promote other people. And I know there's quite a few that struggle. You know, being in front of the mic, you know, it's intimidating. You know, standing in front of that many people and talking, you know, I try to help make it easier for them. It's fun. And, and that's me promoting other people. It's, it's a, probably the coolest job ever. I, I kind of agree. You know, you're, being, doing it being, right, you're doing it right now. Exactly. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, I've talked to a, a ton of different people and, and everybody has something to offer. And, um, I think everybody that I've talked to, uh, especially guys that are, what you might consider the, the, the cream of the crop or the, the top of the guys, you know, mm -hmm. Eichner and, and Weenan and, and uh, I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, those guys are humble to the point of fault. Yes. Um, but they, but they have so many, they have so many championships and so many accolades to, to their name. Uh, I understand why they're humble. Uh, yes. And, and, and you look and you get to talk to um, like, I talked to Tori. Right. She's won two works titles. She doesn't even realize the impact that she has on the young ladies in the world by what she's doing. Right. And, um, I have 
uh, I have a group uh, meeting that'll probably air after this. That is, uh. it's called the chat with uh, uh, what I would call is the uh, uh, girl power of of modern day motocross, you know, oh. UTVs. and you know, I'm trying to think of a catchy phrase for it, but <laughs> these young ladies are the three best in, in women's motocross in the United States. And I can't wait. I am so excited because cool. they're so excited. Right. I, I mean, like me, I was freaking excited. I, I'm so fully to get etch out some time to do this. Like you've been chasing me for months and i'm like and i apologize for it i mean just 17 balls up in the air all the time and finally being able to nail this down and do this it's honestly it's an honor for me to be able to do this well you have to realize that there are impactful people in my life and it's you know this is going to sound horrible but it's my show i can do whatever i want you're my friend and i think that you have made an impact in everyone's life especially the guys that raced on the west coast and there's utv people that love you and that's why you're here because you made an impact and um yeah you were entertaining to watch race um you did some good things and and you had some moments of glory and and that's good and but that's not totally why you're here. You're here because you're my friend and, and God, you can tell a great story. <laughs> <laughs> I am animated. <clears throat> it's funny too, because if you put that same finger kind of story in front of somebody else, you know, or it happened to somebody else, which I'm sure it has. I don't know if anybody's that stupid, but if you, if somebody else had that story, you know, would it be the same would it have the same laugh? You know, what? It, I mean, like, oh, crap, man. You know, yeah, my finger doesn't work quite as well as it should now. And, you know, and then, you know, looking for a sympathy card. I'm not looking for a sympathy card. I'm looking for a freaking laugh. Because it's kind of funny, right? It's all funny. I'm still alive. I'm still kind of walking. You know, it's it's funny. And I love to see people smile. I love to see people laugh. Um, and that's what keeps driving me is as far as they keep, you know, people keep hiring me to show up and announce. It's like, this is awesome. I, I love it. I get to go all over the, all over the country and go announce. That's um, awesome. Oh, it's so much fun. And it, but it's, it's being with other people, but it's the promotion of the people. Right. You have to do a quick, kind of a psychiatric evaluation of somebody within 15 to 20 seconds, which route you're going to go as far as how you're going to interview. Right. Um, That's fun for me too, because I got to kind of figure it out. And if I screw it up, everybody knows I screwed it up. (laughs) (laughs) Like everybody, not like, Oh, it was in a, you know, that was just in a text message. No, everybody that's standing there knew I screwed it up. A kid comes across the line, and this is in UTV championships. Kid comes across the line, he gets out, or this kid gets out, gets out of the car, long hair, so forth. And the kid's probably, I don't know, maybe eight, and probably never cut their hair, right? And it's all curly and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, girl, power 
I'm a boy. <laughs> You're in the front row. Thankfully, this kid had such a great disposition. And I and it's like, you know, hey, you know what? I'm just jealous because I don't have that hair. And I mean, look at this gray mess, you know, and I tried to back it up. I stepped all over myself, you know, a hundred times. <laughs> oh. Trying to, try to pick it back up, but this kid kept coming back. He kept racing and he kept coming. And I, but I knew it. And I was like, you know, I'm just pissed. He gets out of the car. Court, and the kid's like super fast too. He get, gets out of the car and I go, you know, I'm just super pissed because you got that red hair. And I can't. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and I was like, and then, you know, and then I build them up, build them up, build them up. But I've done, I've had to dig myself out of many holes. You know, <laughs> uh, women's pro race comes through women's pro uh, dirt bikes. Interviewing the gals, this gal comes in, just whoops everybody's ass. Just and does an amazing job, right? Gal comes up. I interview, and I go. She's right in first place. And I go. Everybody's standing around the podium and so forth. Family and people are all screaming. Got the mic, and I'm sitting there talking to her. I'm like, "You did such an awesome job. I saw you, you know, whipping it off the jumps. You look like you're a complete natural." And looking at her, I can tell by her body movements is that she's not going to talk a lot. You know, so that way I can, I can make it easy on her. And I'm sure she has a kind of script in her head that she's going to go through. And it's like, so obviously all your great sponsors, you know, help you out and trainers and so forth to get you to this place. Who would you like to thank? And I put the mic in her face. And she just kind of looks at me and looks around. And, you know, the place is quiet. <laughs> she's deaf. And can't speak. They go, she can't speak. She's deaf. Like, would <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> somebody want to come and hit me with a shovel? Oh, yeah. You want to talk about That's like the epitome of being a comic and bombing. You know, just right there. <laughs> oh, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but how would you know? I, yeah, I mean, I've never met her before, right? And yeah, I don't know if I did. It's so hard to do so much history on all the racers that you know, you know that you're gonna uh, announce for or you know interview. It's it's impossible. There's no way that you can know every little thing. Well, not being able to speak is a big thing. <laughs> right. You know, knowing really about everybody, make it the best interview you possibly can but yeah oh yeah totally totally put my foot right in my mouth i mean it's <laughs> front and center it's like dang it that was a tough one to come come back from <laughs> man yeah that's crazy yeah you never know but you never know they played it off and they they were okay with it and i don't know i'm i'm sure there's a mail bomb on its way <laughs> <laughs> no i'm, I'm sure Wow. So what do you got going on now? It's kind of fun. Um, it's, I don't have, there's no nine to five. Um, the clock's always on, you know, there's, uh, 
I'll give you a day in the life. How about that? Okay, so we don't have alarm clocks at our house that we turn on. We don't, we'll kind of naturally wake up 7.30-ish, 8 o'clock-ish. I'll come down, downstairs, grab coffee, come back up. Maria and I will lay in bed and go through emails, text messages for the day, and then I'll cover what I'm going to go do for the day and what she's going to do for the day and about 9.30ish or so, I'm rolling out the door to go do some kind of residential remodel thing. That was, we have a business that we've had for 31 years that's a, a residential remodel business. And then we also have um, a pretty decent real, real estate company also. So, and they're both tied together, which makes it kind of a neat hook. Um, so she'll take care of a bunch of stuff in the office and we'll go out and go, you know, remodel somebody's house that we're going to sell or that they bought and I'm going to remodel. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, five-ish, I come back and change clothes, get out of the steel-toed boots and put long pants on, which is probably the worst thing you could ever do to me, put freaking long pants on. Can't do anything active in long pants. Lanny, nothing. Can't do anything active in long pants. I don't care who you are. You just can't. I said what I said. <laughs> so, put long pants on, pretty shoes, and a, you know, a couple hundred swipes of the pit stick on, and then uh, a new shirt, and then we roll out and go show houses till, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night, and then come back and may write offers and so forth, and then we'll be shutting down at 11.30, midnight, one o'clock. And that's a day in the life. That's, that's so crazy. Yeah, and that's a, that's a seven-day seven day week gig right now. You never know what's going to happen with the industry. You don't know. So you just... But then we have these little cool pockets of where we get to go do announcing. So Maria always, <laughs> that poor girl, she <laughs> she's her own worst enemy. So we get called Joey D. Giovanni uh, with UTV Underground calls with Mad Media and says, hey, we'd love to come, have you come do uh, announcing for the the I think it was the first or second UTV World Championships and it's in Laughlin. I was like, cool, okay. We go and there is there's a bunch of broken parts as far as how the whole thing moved. You know, there was and Maria being um you know second in charge for works for 10 years that gal knows all the inner workings of how crap should be efficient. I mean, she created many things um, of efficiency on how like registration works and then how staging works and how the finish line should work and like more crap than anybody would ever think of that goes into a race. Like you have no idea. I mean, most people have no idea what it takes to run a race. So anyway, we're there for the the day before registration and so forth. And she's looking around. She goes, if you even one second tell somebody about who I am, I'm going to cut your throat. 
was like, what do you mean? I mean, these people are struggling over here. You know how to. She's like, I'm punching right in the. like, okay, okay, all right, okay. And then all of a sudden she pipes up and says, you know, hey, you know, if this was like this, this would help out. And we're walking past the legislation line, which is like three miles long, you know, it's like this clunky thing. And they're like, hey, Maria, hey, Maria, did you come to, you know, quicken all this, help all this stuff up? And we're walking with Joey and uh, Matt and Josh Martelli. Like, how do they know you? You know, where do they? She's like, I don't worry about it. Don't. Nope. I'm nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Girl. And then all of a sudden now we go together. We've always gone together. So if I get hired for an announcing gig, we always go together. I'm like, I'm, you know what? I'm at a point in my life where I get to take the coolest chick ever with me and we're going to go together. Now, I'm not doing this crap by myself. There's no point in it. So, um, so well, you got to take your boss with you, right? Well, yeah, she's the, she's the cat wrangler. Right. <laughs> right. Production manager, cat wrangler. I mean, I, I mean you've seen me. I'm like, <laughs> you'd never make it there if it wasn't for her. Oh no, I'd still be in the airport right now. <laughs> like, still, where do I go? Where do I go? It's like, why are more Taco Bells calling me? They're like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm still in the same underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not meaning, I just know your wife and, and I know how organized she is. And, oh, yeah. And, it's, and it takes a village to get this whole crap show on the move, just so you know. Well, I, you, You've seen it firsthand. Oh, totally. You know, I mean, I I was there when she was running the show and it was clockwork. And, you know, since you guys left, I don't think it's been the same. I mean, I haven't been there since 19 uh, myself, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't think it's the same. And there's nothing against Mr. Perry. I think his organization is probably doing the best he can and, and, and it does pretty good. But uh, when the other show was being ran, I, I, I don't think it was ever the same after you guys left. Well, we appreciate that. I mean, that means a lot. It's, um, it was, it was time to move on. Maria had done it for a long time and it was, it was a grind. I mean, it was a grind. That girl was probably the, one of the biggest ass kickers for, she was up at four thirty. She was closing down the gate at like 1130 at night. Um, freaking fifteen hundred entries, you know, just, just a met. Uh oh, no, you're still here. I can see you, and and I can hear you. Oh darn! You're still here. Can you hear me? I, I yeah, but I can't see you. That's okay. Your camera says okay. it's still on, but okay. Well, there's technology in me. Did I say I club <laughs> I club things to death for a living? Yes, that's what I do. That's what my thing. My hands. That's what I do. Yeah. So anyway, um, she uh, she just said, you know what? Enough. I just can't take it anymore. I want to. I just want to take a break. It's like, you know what, girl? You just if you want to take a break, take a break. I don't care. We're making we're making plenty of money. You just do whatever you want to do. And I'm behind you 100%. So she's like, hold on to that thought. I'm going to go quit. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and that was it. 
yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so she had a few years off and then um you know just kind of got to regroup some and do whatever the heck she wanted to do. And she got to play a lot of golf, which is cool. She loves golf. Um I hate it, can't stand it. Just drives me absolutely nuts. Can't do it. Um but she loves it. So I I take along um of a fifth of whiskey and I get through it. <laughs> she pours you in the car when it's over, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. She, I mean, like, yeah, she doesn't let me push the, um, Oh, there we go. Got it. Look at that technology. I found it. Back <laughs> on, sorry. Um, uh, she loves to play golf, so we, we go play golf. You know, she's let me do so many dumb things and stand behind me for so many years that why wouldn't I? Just like, you know what, girl, you just go do whatever she wants to do. So she took, I think, three years off, four years off. And then we are at a party, and uh, it was like a barbecue, and one of the people there was a real estate agent. This very smooth-talking Texan uh, that was part of uh, – part of the family and he was a real estate agent he goes you know what you guys would absolutely kill it at real estate you should do that she's like huh, i'll give it a shot <laughs> and here we are six years six and a half years later yeah she's doing pretty good <laughs> does she only let you talk to the clients um occasionally or are you one of them you know that's that's so here's this is the funny dynamic. i mean because you respect this is kind of like well this is how we work it's not how every couple works but this is how we work and i know my strengths and she knows her strengths and we play off both of them and together we make basically an invincible couple you know one individual we make an invincible person she does all the paperwork obviously because i'm my crayons are just about out and when did you learn how to read? <laughs> she has to read too. I haven't learned how to read. Um, uh, she, she does all the paperwork, all the scheduling. Um, and there's a bunch of other backside stuff to real estate that I'm worried with. And but honestly, that I couldn't explain it well enough because I don't know it as well as she does. Um, my job is to uh take kind of the lead as far as talking to the clients i'm a pretty good talker and then also like you want to buy a house so lenny wants to go buy a house we go look at the house i go walk through the house and go yep this has been done by diy this is you know this is terrible work and this has leaked once before and this and that or this thing's a complete cream puff and we should make an offer on it right now so that's, we go into that and then I talk with the other agents and then that's where I do all the negotiations. So I negotiate and then once we get under contract and all the negotiations are done, I back out. Oh yeah, I back out because I, I, I don't even need to get in the way anymore because I'm just going to screw up. So I, I step back. And then Maria takes the helm. She's like, okay, appraisal comes in here and this and that and this. And, and she gets it all dialed out. And she's like, got all this organization stuff. And I'm, I just fly out. I'm like, do these shoes match these pants? 
<laughs> no, honey, go change. No, they don't. And you might want to put on the same pair of shoes, not two different ones. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I laid out for you by the bed? <laughs> right. Oh. See, the only the biggest pisser nowadays is that I'm so thick, I can't fit in granules anymore. You know, I'd match up the little gorilla with the gorilla on the pants and the shirt. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> let's, let, let's get a little family personal here. How's okay. your baby girl? Allie. So Allie's awesome. Um, she's married now, which is like, it blows my mind. She's 25 and married, right? Um, she is the general manager at a Planet Fitness. Nice. She, tried, she tried to do real estate for a bit. She goes, you fools are always working. I, I want time off. You know, I just want to, I want to have, I want to have some downtime and you can, every minute of every day you guys are working. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know anything about it, but so she went off a different route. Her husband, um, Tristan, we call him Trisket. Um, <laughs> great guy, freaking great guy. And what's really funny. He's a lot like me. So she's like, God, dad, married she goes, I married my freaking dad. He's just like me. He's a total knucklehead, which is awesome. <laughs> he's like, he's like, see the bicep I just grew today? Look at that. It's <laughs> but he ran out in front of him and grabbed the door, you know, while she walked out the door and picked stuff up for her and hold, you know, like get the car door and let her speak first. And it's it, it's pretty cool. That's all. It's pretty cool. So she's uh, general manager of a Planet Fitness now. She's just actually just nailed it down. I think it's going to be like in a day or two. She gets the whole the whole place. That's going to be her show, and it has nothing to do with anything that we had any influence on because of who we are. Is you know we try to help out and push out. She's like, stop. I want to do it on my own. I'm like, cool. But I know these people too. What do you mean? You know, I want to help. I want to figure it out. She's like, just stand back. Just let me do it. It's like, cool. All right. Hold my beer, Dad. Hold my beer, Dad. Watch this. I mean, she was always way more sensible than me. I mean, she's she's a lot she's a lot like her mother, which is good. Thank God, right? Thank God she wouldn't have a chance in hell if she was like me. <laughs> she raced a bit. She did pretty she well. Did. Yes. So um, her very first race was she just turned six. And uh, she raced on a little LT50, little, the little two-stroker. And, you know, had it pinned the whole time. Boom, around the track. And she moved up and moved up and moved up. And, um she got on a Raptor 250 for a little bit and racing the men's B class on a Raptor 250 and smoked a ton of dudes doing that and just made me giggle, you know. I just stand back and cry and clap. It was so freaking cool. And then uh, moved up the ranks and uh, oh, kind of we'll flash back a little bit. <clears throat> Taking your drivers, so you know, you turn 15 and you have to go. Slowing down, you know, driving. 
Right. Right. So we get in the van, the glorious church van that we have. You know, I've gone through a few, but um, my quad's in the back. Hers is hanging off the back, completely full of gear, gas cans and everything. You know, one seat in the back for somebody. And the three of us would go cruising off to Las Vegas, Glen Helen, Havasu. I mean, literally 24 hours door to door, straight through driving from our house. So we get to about two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, and she drives from like two to two to six, you know, just keep motoring the van. So she logged in her hours within one works race. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do this in a weekend? <laughs> yeah, yes. well, you can see the little dot here down on the map. That's how we made. Yeah, we got there. Oh, that's too yeah. funny. Yeah, so she, uh, here's kind of, I'll, I'll put that on. So her going on, we would travel for all these races, and, she, you know, she'd have to leave on a Thursday or, when, you know, Wednesday night, so take Thursday, Friday off of school, and sometimes Monday, because the drive was too long to get back. And her teachers gave her a ton of grief because, you know, leaving for that amount of time and it wasn't a typical sport so it wasn't a ball a stick and ball sport right right this this will give you a huge crack up so she's like no i mean this is huge this is work you know this is world platform stuff this isn't just you know local high school little johnny got to play t-ball kind of crap no this is big stuff goes in the library Sure enough, she pulls out, there was a some book when libraries were around. Pulls out a book, and it was a book on like sports. Lo and behold, there's a there's a, a whole chapter on Doug Eichner. <laughs> shows it to her. She goes, No, that's my friend Doug. He's here in this book. And then she and then she would bring back the magazine articles that she's in, you know, we have tons of magazines that she's pictured in and, and then TV shows and so forth. She's like, here, watch this here. Watch this. Do you think this is little? No, it's not little. Anyway, it was tough. It's still, they still didn't get it, which was really tough. So she, by the, her, uh, shoot, it was fresh sophomore, just junior year, a high school. She's like, dad, I got to quit. Because all these teachers want to fail me because we're leaving. She still has straight A's and getting all her classwork done. But because of attendance, they're wanting to fail her. And she do her homework on the freaking seat of the van, you know, driving down to have a suit, you know, middle of the night, crap all laid out all over the bench. And she's writing. That was a tough part. So she had to, she actually had to quit because of school, because she wanted to get into college. Right. That was a tough, that was a that was a tough hit. I mean, I was in school with her, you know, like the Tuesday going with her, and like, well, how come she was going? Of course, you know, all the tact and class that I have, I'd get in her face. <laughs> I'd be that. I'm a I'd, professional racer. She went with me. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but she was. Uh, 
you know, one of the highlights, there was a couple highlight moments. Um, she was the youngest girl ever to qualify for uh, pro-am class. And this is when she had to go through uh, men's A class and then uh, open A class. And she qualified high enough within those two races to race on Sunday. Then she was 16 on a YFZ 450. Um, and that was the first race she got to, we got to race together in Speed World in Phoenix. That's awesome. Oh, it was cool as hell. I mean, first, I mean, nobody else. And give me another race where at the pro level, you have father and daughter in the same race. I can't think of one. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll wait for somebody to chime in. Um, the Force family and drag racing? Yes, probably Maybe so. Maybe that's the yeah. only one? That's the only one I can think of. I mean, that's a yeah. solid example. Um, so anyway, um, it was getting towards the tail end of, you know, I knew I was getting at the tail end of mine. I'm like 45 years old. <laughs> You know, the only guy that's just as old as I am is Mike Castle, you know, which, I mean, he's got more miles on him than, you know, 53 Studebaker. Um, <laughs> I love this shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, 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 I'm and Maria has a, you know, she kind of looks at me and she goes, you know what? You don't want to be that guy holding on to it. Make sure that you go out. You know, I had the number nine forever. That was an earned number. When there was 25, 28 dudes on the game, right? That not six, but 28 freaking weird line double stacked in the gates. And you remember those times. Yep. Um, make sure you go out with class. Okay. So it was Taft and Allie qualified and we got to race the race together. It was cool. And that was the last one. What year? Oh, we, uh, um, was it the final round? Final round. Final round. 15, 14, 14. Yikes. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I'd have to look up the year. I don't remember the exact year because it was all a blur going through that. I had no idea what year it was. I was just like, head down. I mean, literally get off work, load the van. I pull the tools out of the van. I wouldn't be able to practice all week or anything or all month. You know, basically my practice was practice at the racetrack or training. Unload all the tools and crap out of the van, throw all the cars and gear in and like take off that was that was what we did because we loved it we loved the people loved the atmosphere and and that's what it's all about is the love of the sport man it is and that's why we did it that's why we did it. and that's why i'm still in it i'm like so good something because i mean I would give the c class a hell of a lot right now if it was only two laps I might be able to do that pretty clean. <laughs> Let's not get carried away, bud. <laughs> All right, lap lap and a half. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't even I don't even want to know what it would feel like to try to get back into racing shape. Oh, I had this greatest training um, in the beginning part 
and he, his name was uh, Christian, and Christian had uh, Moto X Nutrition, and Christian was this big, huge, I mean, huge bodybuilder guy, and just the nicest, nicest guy. He's like, Timmy, I'm going to help you out and get you trained. So, um, you know, you're more fit. It's like, awesome. And he had me drinking like raw eggs. And I mean, my diet was all over the place. I was in the best shape of my life. I mean, two hours, I'd run two hours and like, is that it? That's all you got. (laughs) But now I can't even watch TV for two hours and be out of, be out of breath. Like I got, arm, I got arm pump with the remote. <laughs> Dude, it's true. It's true. How old are you now? I'm fifty. I'll be fifty-one in uh, March. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You. I mean, you. Well, you don't have any video on this going. I don't know if you're going to put any pictures up, but yeah, I look like. Uh, Santa's younger, uglier brother. Brother, um, I got more gray hair than you ever thought of. <laughs> well, just, if I took my shirt off, shirt off it looked like I'm a koala bear. That's all I'm saying. Did <laughs> 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 the, the zoo call? Sir, you can't take that out of What are you talking about? <laughs> my sweater vest? What do you want from me? Yeah. Oh, brother. Yes. Jim? I want to thank you so much for uh, giving me some of your time. I would really like it if you would accept my invitation to come back on ATV talk. Uh, I'd love to. Uh, love to. What, what, what I do is uh, we will rehash some of the same stuff. Uh, but what I would do is probably get you in a chat with uh, two or three other racers and we would cool. talk about some stories and just uh, uh, go over your career and, you know, back and forth with, with some of them and um, <clears throat> some, maybe some solo stuff. Um, I'd really love to see if your wife would sit down and talk with me um, because I really want to get all the dirt on you. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the only way you're going to push all the dirt. Cause there's a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, really. I, I think the world of your wife, and I think the world of you, and Thank you. I have for many years. And I just wish we could sometimes go back to those days um, because it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, you know what? And I, I chalk it up to. I don't think we could ever relive those years. Those years were put in that point in time for a reason. Now it's time to put in something new and like what you're doing right now, which is phenomenal. And I, I love you for this. Absolutely love you. I've always had the greatest respect for you. You always look in the beginning part of the, in the beginning part of the races, I'll give you my perspective, you know, cause it's all, there's always two sides, right? My perspective, you looked at me like you're just a hack. You're just going to come out here and crash my pro racer, Doug because you're just going to blow a corner and be some dumbass, overjump something or just do something stupid. Like you're you're the guy I need to put a freaking orange cone in front of. That's that's, that's, how, that's how I kind of looked at you as you were looking at me. And uh 
<clears throat> but I respected the crap out of you. I mean, you had a you know multiple championship winning crews, and of course, all the greatest engine building and parts and so forth. So, you know, here comes this knucklehead, you know, running around with my hair on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like, man. That's what it was like. But it was fun. I mean, it was loved having you around and enjoyed it immensely, you know. I, I don't think that you ever ran into him. No, he ran over me a couple times. Well, you know, because I was in the way, and I, <laughs> I would have done the same thing, but I was never as fast as he was, you know. So, so I did it. He ran over me in Abbotsford. As a matter of fact, I was trying to get out of his way. He, ran, he was on the players, and <laughs> I tried to get up out of his way. And he ran up over the back fender and the wheel and everything, and he's just like, "Sit down, don't move, Jenny, sit." <laughs> It's like crap. All right, go, Doug. Crap. Well, the Polaris didn't handle, so you know what do you expect? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We all know about that rig. <laughs> oh wow, that's a, that's a that's a that's a sore subject right there. <laughs> you, you deal with the hands that are dealt. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Oh yeah, you do. <laughs> oh man. Uh-huh. Oh, I, so just so you know, I got another ten hours of freaking material. If you want me to come back again, I'd love to. Oh, totally you, you know I will. You know I will. Um, let's just stay in touch, and I will need some things from you. Uh, cool. I go through this whole spiel at the end of every show. Yep. Uh, I will be in touch with some things that I need from you. And, cool. Uh, uh, it's pretty simple, and I'm going to just die in to see what you come up with uh, in your intro videos for your episode. Oh, oh goodness. You, just so you know, while I was on I already came up with a good one. All right. Well, don't, don't, seen, blow it. don't blow it. Don't blow it. No, I've, seen, I've seen some of the other ATV talks and I've seen their intros. And I'm like, oh, wait, like, get along with me. <laughs> oh, did you see John Pellets? <laughs> I hadn't seen that one yet. Unfortunately. You check that out. Okay. I will. I will. Uh, John it, has to do, it has to do with yellow snow. That's all you got to know. Oh, my goodness. I think I did. I think I did. That was awesome. Uh, brother, uh, again, you need to thank your wife for allowing us this time. I know how busy you are. I really do. And I appreciate it so much. And uh, we're going to get you back on the show again. Uh, so so uh, just hold on to the phone because I'm going to be calling. That's, that's perfectly fine. I'll listen. All right, brother. Um, again, thank you so much. And we appreciate your time. And um, you stay you because uh, you're awesome. And uh, I love you. your channel. Love you. Thank I don't you. Get, I don't get enough time to watch it, brother. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. I, I got I to gotta bring my wife, Maria, to meet your Maria. Um, yes. Yeah. Bring your raincoat. Uh, well, maybe. Why don't you come down to the sun? <laughs> well we get it there's like a two-week sprint in like august you can come oh wow i'm sorry man you need to come down to southern california well do you guys have uh do you guys sunburn really easy is that why you don't come well, yeah i come out i'm like I'm doing the announcing of like the mint in Vegas. I'm like, is this the center of the sun? I'm like, where <laughs> the hell are we? 
<laughs> this, is, this is literally hell. It is so freaking hot. <laughs> you ever seen a short hairy guy sweat butter? That's me. No, like, sweat butter. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, we forgot to talk about your socks. Oh well, what I got? Yeah. So we'll save that for another one. How's that? All right. All right, brother. Go back to work. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some finish up work here tonight. Cool. And. Uh, cool. Get you in the get you in the book and log you log it in for me. Uh, cool. Thank you again for your time. As always, it's a pleasure, my pleasure, and my honor to have you on my. Oh, show. My much love to you, Lenny. Thank you for everything you've done. All right, brother. You have a great right. one. We'll be in touch soon. Sounds great. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.